Miguel Cobo. Good afternoon. Welcome on VH Berries. Thank you very much. When I took a deeper look on uh, design thinking, I learned that culture eats process for lunch. Interesting. Okay, that one I didn't know. <laughs> Um, uh, so uh, when we decided to, to to look for a topic, um, I found uh, interesting to uh, maybe share with you my experience uh, with design thinking, uh, mainly because uh, after I I was uh, trained, let's say, at uh, the design school at Stanford in California, uh, I always applied this approach, not only for technological. Um, projects but uh, also sometimes even to improve the way of working within organizations and uh, i think uh, that uh, what is interesting about design thinking it's not about technology it's an approach it's a, a human uh, center approach and uh, it is first empathy it's empathy and listening Um, so what is funny, uh, it is that um, you spend, um, when you have this kind of training, uh, you spend one full day where they teach you how to learn to listen. And uh, I was a little bit surprised in the beginning. I say, okay, we have four days to learn this, uh, this approach. And the first, step, the first step is listening. And... Um, After a while, you understand the importance of it, right? Because this helps to ask the right question. So maybe this interview will, will give you some hints later on <laughs> how to interview other people. But uh, it is about not having any point of view. So the less you know about a topic, the better. Uh, because um, it helps basically to, for you to not be in... Um, Uh, influence by what you think uh, on the contrary and uh, this is why I think this approach is extremely powerful uh, one of the things as I said uh, I said that the approach is uh, human-centered because the, the first step is empathy listening and then uh, the interesting part is that you you need to meet and interview multiple people When you meet, let's say, around 10 to 20 people about the same topic, you start to get a point of view. And uh, the interesting thing is that the, um, the interview, you're not doing it alone. So you have basically someone else which consists on watching, basically. So when you ask me a question, uh, you are very focused on the question. So you're, you're listening, but you're not watching me. And it's important that the person there's another person who watch the interview uh, the 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 person like let's say in this case me how i react to some of your question if there is a question that i might consider not relevant i might answer you very uh, relaxed but on the other hand you might see my mimic but not when you interview right and that is interesting and that is important So to tell you more, so it is, so as I said, it's first to listen, then you, you interview many people, then you have basically a point of view. And then what you do is that you sit down with others and then you start to try to understand the answers that they gave you. And then you start to identify what is the problematic because design thinking is an, is an approach to try to resolve problems, right? Those problems could be human, can be 
technological, could be processes, could be whatever you want. And then uh, after 20 interviews, you, you start to uh, notice that all the interviewers are telling you the same thing about one specific point of view, right? And, I, and I'll come back uh, as an example. And then you, you start to brainstorm. And then at the end, you come with a proof of concept. The proof of concept could be a sheet of paper that you show to someone. And because you show, you get feedback. And uh, what's happening, you don't have to, again, you show, you don't tell, you don't try to influence. And, and then because you didn't spend too much time on the prototype, you can scrap it if it was wrong. And you come back with something different and with some iteration, then you come with a real prototype and then you can build on top of that. Absolutely, because uh, in addition to have empathy, you also have to develop a sense of observation Absolutely. and curiosity. Yes. And when I uh, first took a look at your work uh, on the Internet, for example, I was saying to myself, this is something very complex, but in definitive, um, you are using uh, a pair of scissors every day. Pairs of scissors, paper, so, scotch tape, um, name it, right? And I, I, I can give you, I can give you multiple examples, and then you can even do some kind of. Um, um, so you can tell a story to explain what is your prototype, right? So it doesn't need to be a technology. So um, I'm going to give you an example. Um, so when, when we were in Stanford, um, the, uh, we met the CEO of, uh, of, um, of a company of hotels, which was the Hyatt. And what uh, the, the problematic they asked, so you will see it was nothing technological. They said, I would like that our customers, uh, whenever they, they, they live, basically, the, the, the experience in the hotel, they have the same similar experience outside of the hotel. Thank you very much. Now, go and provide me some ideas. So the team that I, that I was uh, working with, was uh, there was a general of the um, Malaysian army. There was a social worker. There was a VP engineering. There was another engineer, and it was me. And so different point of view. And uh, the, uh, the, the general told us that when he arrived to California, he was a little bit um, lost and he would have loved to have someone to tell him, you give him indication, etc. right? And we, we, we thought about that. We went, they, they dropped us downtown uh, San Francisco and we start to interview people. And just with the interview, we had some ideas about the questions. Uh, we had a, a nice lady who told us that for, for her, she was, uh, she was with her husband. Her husband had a congress. And uh, her husband selected an hotel because it was not too far from the congress. And it was not too far from the shops. But for him, what he was worried was that she, was, she didn't have to go that far from the hotel. So, so we start to understand that people could be afraid, right, uh, when they go to a, a different city. And then we did some other interviews, etc. And we came at the end with a proposal, which was to say, okay, so uh, we're gonna propose that uh, some shops have uh, are trained by the hotel to uh, learn the culture of the hotel. There will be a batch saying uh, Ayat uh, hospitality, and tourists that will go outside the hotel when they go around to shop, when they will see the logo, they will know that they are a little bit like home 
if there is any problem. And they, they can enter to those shops. The, the, the owners can basically, they know that they are from the hotel because they will ask them the badge and they will take care of them. And by that, we try to address basically the uh, problematic. And the way, so the prototype was to do a show where we had someone who was lost, etc., and we 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 did um, we did it in a very theatrical way, uh, but it was funny, and that was the prototype. And there was no technology, right? So that's one of the example. But uh, I have multiple examples uh, with different industries that I can tell. Absolutely, Miguel, because you just mentioned, for example, uh, the franchise of the hotel that yeah. give uh, more trust and confidence exactly. to the new customers. But uh, you also did uh, something very similar uh, when you were um, in America, for example, with a patient with a sort of webcam on his head. Yes, that's so true. So he can um, experience exactly. uh, the emergency room. Exactly. So, um, so this was because we were... Um, So we had the um, so we had the training, of course, with Stanford. But we were also working uh, with a company that is, uh, I would say, the reference for design thinking, because the founder of that company, uh, Tim Brown, uh, found the company IDEO. And IDEO is a company for design thinking, right? To change completely the world uh, in the approach to improve things. And um, as you know, when you go to the hospital and you're in the emergency rooms or uh, waiting for the doctor, something like that, it's it's a very tough experience. So as I mentioned to you, um, uh, one of the uh, researcher put a web webcam on top of his head <laughs> just to, sh to see for 48 hours What was the uh, the the experience, right? And uh, let's say five hours or six was uh, the camera was looking at the roof. So they said, "Is there anything we can do make the roof a little bit much more friendlier or something like that?" So that was one of the things they were exploring. But yes, so as I say, it it is first to understand the problematic uh, that you go through, and then then you can basically uh, start to um, uh, to look for different ideas from those who are extreme to very simple and concrete. But because you don't have a, any, um, a point of view, uh, your mind does not restrict you to your um, to what you, you what you believe. Let's put it this way. And what I find very inspiring and uh, very interesting about your work, Miguel, is that since uh, the 80s and Yes, the 80s, um, you had the same competence, but the thing that you did is to apply them in different companies. So That's correct. In CBC. That's um, correct. And now for uh, the city of Montreal. So uh, so I didn't have yet the chance to, um, to uh, experiment at, uh, yet at the city of Montreal. However, I can tell you what uh, we did uh, uh, at Ericsson and also at the, uh, at the railway company. So in the case of um, Ericsson, um, we, um, we, we, did, we did an innovation called the Virtual Enterprise Gateway. And the idea was that um, uh, we had a team of uh, young uh, engineers that went to meet startups. And they, they interviewed 20 CEOs of small startups. And they discovered that the, by interviewing, they were thinking that they will do something very technical. But the, the finding was that uh, the, this, all the CEOs were saying, I do not want to be the director of the IT department and, and, and fix computer problems. So we said, ah, 
<laughs> so what about if we would build a solution to basically avoid that part? And that's where we built the Virtual Enterprise Gateway. Uh, and it was a way, very simple way, basically to provide most of the IT service to uh, new employees and where the CEO didn't have to do anything. So that's an example. Um, I can give you another example uh, in the railway uh, industry. What we what we did we 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 wanted in fact to uh, increase uh, the productivity uh, in the mechanical shops, and we realized by providing a tablet, like a Google tablet or an iPad, something like that, to supervisors, the fact that the supervisor were closer to their team. Uh, were, was helping basically the uh, the mechanical team to uh, fix much more faster um, uh, the locomotive, for instance, and the productivity 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 increase by in a very significant way. So again, and it was more based on observation. And what we realized that the problematic once was, of course, to have the supervisor closer to the employee, but. The other thing we realized, because you know that in the mechanical shops, they have uh, different shifts of eight hours. So we realized that we need to find a solution to have the tablet always charge and operational. So the technical part was more to fix the problem of the charging. Let's put it this way. But between you and me, Bingo, you have to admit that failure is a big part of your job. Because Absolutely. it's by um, repeating some action that you will... Uh, Uh, succeed sooner. In fact, I, I always say uh, to the people I work with that uh, experience is based on an accumulation of failures, basically. Um, and one of the uh, example um, that uh, uh, a top manager in Silicon Valley said, they said, we we want people to to fail because they will learn. Uh, the, the, so as long as long as you you fail and learn, it's fine. But if you do twice the problem, that means that you didn't understand anything, and then then there is a problem, right? But no, exactly. So it's 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 a sort of a change on the mentality because the 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 classical conservative way is that people are afraid to make mistakes. But no, it is in in fact the only way that you learn. If I understood correctly, uh, you are directing a team of around 20 uh, manager and people. Uh, 20 project managers. Absolutely. So uh, in a day, you have so much domain to manage. So how do you deal with uh, all this adversity? Um, it's, a, it's, it's a good question. I, I um, At the end of every day, I'm asking how did I do? Uh, <laughs> because I, I switch from one problematic to another. Um, um, but I'm much more exposed to the um, the challenges on the project management than the technology. But I'm still involved sometimes in some, on, on some of the discussion. Um, it's a little bit like uh, speaking uh, multiple languages. You swap naturally. You don't even feel it, basically. I think it's time is the problem. Miguel, I would love to retrace your journey uh, from uh, 2010 when you went on a one-way trip uh, to California in the United States of America. Yeah, th this is something that I uh, uh, would have never thought that we would go to California. Uh, our preference has always been to, uh, to our affinities were more uh, in Europe. Uh, but um, uh, sometimes in, in, in life it is about uh, opportunities 
and uh, we 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 thought that this would be interesting. Uh, it was just uh, when before well the the crisis of the subprime was starting to happening, uh, and um, uh, we were offered to go to California. Uh, our kids were always following the uh, French uh, system, so it was not a problem of adaptation. But um, what has been interesting is that um, uh, we even have a, a training on the uh, Californian and uh, U.S. culture, even though we're Canadian. Uh, and w in the beginning, we thought that this was a little bit too much. Uh, <laughs> but um, there are there are effectively uh, differences, right? Um, uh, here in Canada, um, the state is very important. So we have uh, free uh, healthcare. We have a lot of services provided by the state. While in in the in in the United States, it's another mentality, right? Um, everyone believes that you have a chance to to uh, to grow and to become rich so the 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 they are not um excited uh, at least that's our perception by having too much government instead what we notice for instance is that the community is very present so just to give you a, a couple of examples um I, there was um there was a, 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 an incident due to a gas leakage uh, in the south part of um, San Francisco and it started to f and a lot of ha houses uh, took fire etc right and uh, what we were surprised was to see how the community so everyone were trying to uh, collect money to help people right well if it would have been in Canada, well, the government would have come, they would have helped the people, and then they would have given some, some, a little bit of money to help them. In this case, so you were going to the supermarket, for instance, and in the supermarket, they say, uh, would you like to donate specifically for this problematic, right? This, on the school side, for instance, our daughters had the opportunity to uh, spend um, some time uh, in, in, um, in um, in Louisiana, you know, for uh, you know, for uh, when Katrina the hurricane destroyed a lot of houses, there was program by the schools. So in this case, it was uh, Le Lycée Français de San Francisco who uh, were offering uh, students to go and do some community work and help to build rebuild some houses. So you see, it's another mentality. So that was a some of the of the difference. Uh, of course, when it comes to healthcare, we have a different perspective right so yes because it's private you get um, luxury services but if you have the the bad luck not to have these um, um, insurances then it could be extremely difficult for people so it's 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 the world of um, I would say um, extremes uh, the other thing that uh, we, we we discover is and that is because when you live in the Silicon Valley you, you meet a lot of amazing people, a lot of entrepreneurs. Uh, and uh, uh, we, we, had the, we had the impression that most of the people in Silicon Valley were arrogant engineers, but not at all. They are curious. They, they like diversity. They, they want to know what are you doing, uh, what you plan to do, but they are very focused, right? Very business focused. So yes, it was a, a very good experience. And then of course, in the uni campus of universities, whether it is Berkeley or it is um, Stanford, we, we noticed that most of the teachers are also entrepreneurs. So they have their own startups and sometimes uh, students 
join them. Uh, sometimes uh, they facilitate the students to build startups. So this is amazing. For instance, you just mentioned uh, that there is a lot of uh, energy in these spaces and a lot of competition also. That is true. Um, and thank you for reminding me that because uh, I forgot that. Um, so so um, Silicon Valley, uh, it's, it's the, is the place where you have tremendous talent. And uh, sometimes to attract them, I think this is where it's the biggest challenge. Uh, it's not about money uh, in some cases. Uh, you have some people that were very successful in doing some startups. Um, they got a lot of, they earned a lot of money. But what they're looking for is more now the intellectual challenge, right? For instance, and um, I'm just giving an example, but it's, it's a wrong example. But to say, well, we would like to send uh, someone to Jupiter. That will interest someone and say, yeah, why not, right? And then you can attract those talents, right? So it's not the number of people working, it is basically a more a small group of talented people that work together. And um, as I say, I can give you an uh, uh, amazing example. Um, uh, there is an important uh, US company, I will not name it, but uh, sometimes they, they invite even employees to leave the company if they have good ideas. And what they do is that the 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 even in some cases they will invest in their startup. In some other cases they will say, well, if it's true that you're gonna build this thing, well, if you deliver this in let's say 18 months, we'll be your first customers, and moreover, um, we will we will tell you how much we'll pay for that and buy your company. So what's happening? So then um, the, 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 the ones who found that, that idea, they are able to attract, because of the challenge, the right people, because they know exactly. Those people will work a lot for 18 months, but they have basically this perspective that they could earn a lot of money and also the experience, right? So that's a, as an example, right? And, and another, th another example that is interesting, I think it's worth mentioning, is that in some cases, other companies will be reluctant to lose their talent. So what they will propose is what they call intrapreneurship. So they say, well, if you have a good idea, what about if we allow you to become the VP of this new division that you will build? So tell us more. We will invest. You will be freed by, from your traditional work. And you can recruit who you want within the company and you will work and build that. And if it's successful, then you will build your own division. And that's another way to, uh, to allow people to grow. And on the other hand, uh, Miguel Cobo can take a 5% of a successful startup if he believes in it. Yes, that, 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 <laughs> exactly. So, so, so uh, again, there, there are multi multiple ideas. That, so sometimes what's happening is that you start with an idea, whether you are doing it in, internally in the company or outside, and that could become an, an, the idea for another opportunity. Uh, and uh, uh, sometimes you will be amazed about all these opportunities. And to, to link that with uh, the design thinking is because you observe you you listen, you take notes, 
and you start to see basically the need for it, right? Because it's very important that when you, if you build a company or if you build a new product, it's because you're addressing an important uh, problem. And by resolving a problem, uh, you you have an idea basically about uh, if if people will really like that, it is your marketing. And on, on top of that, it will allow you basically to have an idea about how worth is it. And that's that's the interesting part, right? And when you were um, in California, were you interested in creating your own business or maybe that you already did? So, um, in fact, um, uh, I had the, the, the chance in the, uh, in the last year and a half to drive the uh, innovation group. So for me, it was not really, um, I never thought about doing it myself because the company was really encouraging um, uh, employees to do such an entrepreneurship. So what we had instead is that we, 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 we came with a proposal of inviting employees around the world because uh, the company in which I was working was a big Swedish multinational. So we had people, uh, we, attracted, we, we, we went to see the VPs of each site. So it was Sweden, it was Italy, there was, it was Spain, uh, it was also California. And we said, if you have a talented person, send it to us, send it to California, we'll take care of them, we'll train them, we will expose them to work on, uh, on one or two topics, they will learn, and then we'll send it back to you, and they will be the ones who will create at your location the same culture. Because in fact, the idea was more to train the trainer, basically. So for us, it was much more important. Uh, and we said that the day where everyone will, will have that kind of mindset, then there's no need for us to stay. And then we can decide what we want to do. This is fascinating because you've been there um, in uh, the beginning of the last decade. And since then, so many things have changed because um, today the tech companies that you may, may be uh, uh, implicitly mentioned uh, have uh, grown so much it's true uh it's true um and um so uh i i have friends at uh, at uh, california in california um we have seen uh, uh, the gafa so the google apple uh, facebook and amazon growing uh already when we were there um uh We saw uh, Facebook uh, doing its IPO. And the funniest thing is that uh, uh, if you wanted to buy some houses, sometimes some owners were saying, uh, you can pay us with the Facebook shares. <laughs> so it was unbelievable. But uh, one thing that uh, we learned also and why they are successful is because they have never hesitated in um, challenging basically the system. And this is what, what this is the strength of uh, Silicon Valley is the mindset, right? Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you uh, uh, also an interesting example. So um, I, I had the chance to go uh, to meet um, uh, the CMO of a Portuguese um, uh, cellular company. I will not name it. And uh, in the discussion, right, they wanted to know a little bit uh, some products, and then. Another part of my presentation was um, uh, about innovation. And they asked, they were very curious to know how can they create a Silicon Valley in, um, in Portugal. 
And uh, they said, well, we were thinking to create uh, the site somewhere between uh, Faro, uh, Lisboa, and Oporto. So somewhere in the <laughs> middle. And um, uh, I said, well, in fact, uh, that would be a mistake. Uh, it's uh, the, the most successful way to create some kind of Silicon Valley is to be close of universities because that's where you have the students which are creative. Uh, it is also about uh, infrastructure, having airports, so it's easy for people to come, and of course, capital. But if you're lost somewhere in the middle uh, of the countryside, you will maybe not be able to attract talent. And Miguel, four years um, after, you went to the Hasso Plattner uh, Institute, uh, which uh, provides uh, courses about yeah, design, uh, thinking, yes. design thinking. And so it's the D school. Um, and the D school is, is uh, I think it, it has been one of the, the, the best experience I ever had in my, in my life, I can tell you. Um, the design school is somewhere, it's, it's between, so... So it's it's in fact in a place where you have on one hand the mechanical engineer side in a way, and you have the designers on the other side, and in the middle that's where they meet. Okay, in a way, and uh, you have uh, two two worlds. Um, yeah, and and it, it is when you when you have diversity that you become extremely creative, and that's what you learn. They said basically. Um, Um, everyone can innovate. Uh, I don't know if you saw the uh, the Pixar movie Ratatouille, right? Of they, course. Yes. So they said um, even rats can become chef, right? So that's what I say. So <laughs> in fact, anyone can be creative. Anyone can be uh, its own uh, CEO and build his own company. So uh, maybe uh, we had a conversation, I think, uh, yesterday. And I was asking you, so now I'm controlling your the interview, but I, I was curious to, and, um, and I was asking you, if you want to, to learn about entrepreneurship, California is the right place to be because, again, people think that it's all about technology. It's not only about technology. It's about, uh, as I say, it's the diversity that makes a uh, thing uh, incredible, right? People coming from different um, backgrounds, Um, and uh, and because you meet all of them, that's where you find the best ideas. How dare do you ask me if I saw Ratatouille? Of course, I also went uh, in Paris, you know, uh, in Disneyland, they have uh, the full attraction. Yes. So um, this is... Uh, I didn't know you were a fan of Ratatouille, but uh, <laughs> it, was, it was my case, I, I can tell you. And uh, no, but it's. I think it's a, it's, it's a, it's a nice um, uh, analogy, right? Um, people always think, oh, I'm not an innovator. That's not true. Everyone is. The, 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 the key thing is, I say, listening and, and, and build your point of view based on um, interaction, uh, meeting p interesting people, sometimes even not that interesting people. And you like to qualify this uh, this school as uh, spectacular and uh, revolutionary? Yes, because um, um, as I say, specifically when you have the um, engineering background, you always think about machines, uh, computers, in order to create. Immediately say, "Okay, oh, I'm going to build a, uh, an application to fix the problem." But in fact, no. Um, uh, one thing that uh, that I learned, as I say, is that um, first you need to understand what is the problem you want to fix. Right. Sometimes the problem is not at all the technology; is is much more the human 
instead. Sometimes it's because people do not have access to information. Um, so as I say, uh, this is what the, the, the school gives you, the idea and the opportunity to, to think differently. And since then, as I say, I, I believe I, I change a little bit the way I think. Right now, we are in uh, 2021. In 2021, what are your takes on the future of technology? Because you've been there uh, since a long time, since the 80s. So yeah. uh, you've been observing a lot. Yeah. So um, uh, I, uh, so what, another thing that I discovered is the human experience, right? Uh, you, uh, and this is also that I learned a lot, uh, specifically when I was at, um, at the railway company, is that It's very, you can introduce, um, as I say, um, a lot of technology, but you need to think about the change management. People sometimes are afraid about technology, uh, even though it will make their life easier. So there is that dimension to also understand fears, etc. So before you implement technology, you need to spend time with the people that will have to use it. And their feedback is extremely important. And from that perspective, the UX is the future. And UX stands for uh, human experience, of course. And UI also, user interaction. It's much more important than the technology, I can tell you. And the example is, uh, you see the iPhone, it's very, simp uh, it's very simple. Uh, you don't need to have a PhD in quantum mechanics to know how it works, it's intuitive. And that is first about the experience. That's nothing to do with technology. So that the experience, the user experience is fundamental for any success. So Miguel, you took all this knowledge and resources, you put it down in your luggage and back to Montreal with, uh, to apply it. That's true. Um, and uh, so when I came back uh, at Montreal, I did a little bit, I tried to see a little bit uh, the, um, Uh, let's say the innovation area um, um, centers in Montreal, and I discover, to my big surprise, there are, there were multiple ones. There's the uh, uh, there's the District Three from Concordia. Uh, you have the Nutman House. Um, you have, in a way, the Dobson Center at McGill, uh, and uh, there also we learn a lot about uh, creativity. So even though you come with your background of California, you can still learn a lot because there were interesting things. Um, if I take the example of the adoption center, there was the three H, the hacker, the hustler, and uh, the um, hacker, hustler, and uh, the hipster. Uh, and that's what it takes to build a, uh, a new company. You need a, the artist, you need the Tech, tech guy and you need the, the marketing guy and the combination of the three talents make also ideas successful. I was mentioning the visible part of cities but you just mentioned for example uh, the underground because have you ever heard of the boring company who is yes. uh, uh, so, creating uh, tunnels? Uh, yes, so, uh, I, yes, these are the fa fast speed uh, trains yes and this is uh, Elon Musk if I, uh, I'm not mistaken. Yes, so uh, this, this um, uh, person Elon Musk is uh, unbelievable. He is a source of multiple ideas But uh, related to that, it's interesting uh, you bringing that because, you know, when you, you, you think Elon Musk, okay, you, you think about um, Tesla, you think about also the um, uh, SpaceX. Uh, but if we, if we before uh, SpaceX, of course, it was Tesla, right? And, and you say, okay, so, uh, yeah, so Tesla is a, is a car company. No, Tesla is not a car company. What you discover is that Tesla is a battery 
company, which first application is the car. But uh, if you look a little bit, they, they sell uh, batteries for houses, and they also were reselling basically the battery to other car play, uh, players, right? Of course, because uh, Tesla is linked with another company called called Solar City. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So their their strength is mainly uh, uh, is the the battery, right? And that's where uh, you you think about it. But if if the core business is battery, then the more batteries you sell through different kind of vertical, the better, right? Same thing, different form, but still batteries. That's fascinating because um, through this last decade, you, you've seen kind of the switch between uh, the oil to electric. Even through uh, electric is very new. Yeah, well, um, uh, uh, it's interesting, right? Because if we if we talk about the smart uh, cars, right? So um, um, uh, when we were in California, uh, Google was starting to deploy those smart uh, um, uh, driver uh, driverless uh, cars, right? Uh, there were, of course, there was a human there. Uh, and they told me that uh, in the beginning it's very exciting to see the car moving, but in the end it's get, getting bore, boring, right? So I believe they will have to reinvent the car inside, maybe more like uh, nice uh, uh, sofas where you can discuss drink. But the interesting part was that um, um, we, at the time they were also talking about Uber uh, being very interested by those uh, driverless cars and, and the idea so not only the, 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 they changed the taxi industry right but for them the vision was also that at the end there will be not even a taxi driver right remember so um, uh, Uber in the beginning was not a taxi company it was a platform to facilitate uh, uh, taxi driver to meet their customers, right? So that's really the core business. And then, you, as you could see, sometimes you have adaptations to other other countries. So uh, if I refer to uh, in France, I think it's Blablacar, right? And so it's I would call it a spin-off in a way of Uber because I think the founder of Blablacar said, "Okay, it's nice to facilitate people to um, let's say to." To get a taxi, right? Um, but blah blah car, as you know, they ans- they ask more questions. So, is the driver? Do you want the driver to talk, or not? <laughs> uh, or does the the taxi driver want the 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 passenger to talk or not? Sure. And then you, so you understand. So then at the end, you come you mix technology and also human, uh, which is interesting. So, but it's a, it's 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 an yet another step uh, beyond the this idea. So this is this is what is fascinating, right? And what you learn is that change will always happen. So it's not a ma- it's it's futile to resist. Instead, is to think and say, okay, if this is possible, what does that mean, in fact, for me? How will I take advantage or not? But resist, it's going to happen. So the question is not if it's going to happen, is when, and what are you going to do? Because in the span of history. Um, changes have always been brutal. Um, True. So every revolution, if you noticed, is always is due, always in fact, by the introduction of a new technology, right? So the uh, industrial revolution, you had the train, right, that happened. Then uh, uh, the other the revolution that happened was the car and the petroleum, basically. And now I think we are more in the uh, IT world, so the the computers which are the drivers for the new uh, new tr- transformation of the society. Things are much more smarter. 
Um, and then the question is more how you get your um, your privacy. Privacy will become a, a key service in the end. Privacy and artificial intelligence. Yes, absolutely. So again, right? So I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not an expert at all in uh, artificial intelligence. So I will be very cautious. Um, but it but what you we, we should see soon is a big transformation of the industry all the industries due to the introduction of computers if you look a little bit cars are plenty of now computers that are telling you roughly what's happening in the car what is the problem right uh, you see the introduction of robots in the manufacturing plants uh, you see computers everywhere you see tablets everywhere and this is the, the this is a little bit the transformation that is happening And yes, so what will this world will look like in five, ten years? I don't know. Smarter, yes, um, but uh, with all changes, there is always the positive things, and there is the the negative thing. I, I uh, we will have to see what's going to happen there. Miguel Cobo, thank you so much for your time. It was really interesting. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs>